everybody. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. Today is Sunday, and it is Sunday, November 8th, which means our elections are now history. So our elections are in the past. It is over. The While the electoral process itself, the process of voting is over, counting the votes and the positions and the other facets of that process are not. There are still some things left to do, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So today we're going to talk about let there be peace. And it has been obvious by now that President-elect Joe Biden has won the voice of the people, have spoken resoundingly, that he is the president whom they wish to to rule our country for the next four years. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, Senator Kamala Harris, uh, queen of us all, is now going to be the first woman to be voted in as Vice President of the United States. And she's also the first woman of color to occupy the post of Vice President. Now, we know that we live in a society, let me put this into context. We know we live in a society and in an America under Trump where uh, a woman of color is not someone whom most Americans we have seen based on the electoral votes, consider to be their representative. The population is split. Biden has won the popular vote by 4.5 million and still counting because Georgia is not done counting, neither is Arizona. And so the other side have some votes. What is a number of things have emerged that are shouldn't shock us, but paint a picture of why this is the most uh, rabid and the most separatist elections we've seen in a long time. We learned through Donald Trump that there are people in America who are racist. We knew that racism existed, but it was not overt. It was not in your face. It was not slapping you in the face. Under Donald Trump, racist tactics against people of color increased dramatically and became confrontational and is problematic. What that means is going into the elections, we knew these issues existed. And now that the elections are over, nobody voted after November 3 at 8 p.m. or 7 p.m., whatever uh, time zone you're in, because it just doesn't happen. The Constitution doesn't allow it. Voting polls are closed. So nobody walks in at 9, 10 o'clock at night or the next day and polling places are open. That just does not happen. Even if you were to think that could happen in today's days of social media, it would have made news. So the claim that the elections, that there were votes cast after the elections are fraudulent. The Republicans somehow knew this going into the elections and they knew they were going to have a tough challenge ahead of them. So they set it up. What they did was in Michigan, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, the Republican legislatures in those days, that's why you have to be careful who you vote for on those local elections. Local elections are far more important than national elections are. Local elections determine public policy. Case in point, in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, people don't vote in local elections. Republicans do vote, and they control the legislatures. So they passed laws saying that mail-in ballots could not be counted until after election day. Consequently, on election night, we all watched in dismay as Donald Trump seemed to win every state, even though we knew that people voted adamantly against Trump. We wondered then who vote. Everybody just went in the voting booth and voted for him. No, they passed laws in every state that said that uh, 
that the votes that were mailed in could not be voted, could not be counted until after election day. The Republicans set this up so that Donald Trump could now come and claim fraudulent and his base, his supporters, will listen to it. That man is a disruption to the peace. That very tactic that the Republicans engineered is what is at the heart that is driving this process, this rhetoric that says that their elections are fraudulent. This is going to go down in history as the most disputed election ever, not because Biden did not win convincingly. The elections were never a close battle. It was decisive how this election was won. When you look at the numbers, you look at it and you're puzzled. Why are they saying it's close when it is very clear that the numbers belie that fact? Because perception is everything. And the Republicans want it riveted in your mind, especially in their supporters' minds, that this election was close and that because it was close, Biden had to have stolen the election. In America, there is no such thing as stealing an election. It doesn't work that way. One of the things that emerged out of this that has caused some of us some displacement too and some discomfort is the fact that in 2016, the networks were very quick to call the elections for Trump. This time, they weren't so quick to call it. Their claim is that because they know who Donald Trump is, they were making sure that every vote was counted. And I call foul. You're concerned about Donald Trump's feelings or are you concerned about our democracy? When you look at all of this fracturedness within the space, within our the society, there is trouble brewing. You can feel the rumblings of trouble because the Proud Boys tweeted yesterday that they're on standby just waiting for orders to be disseminated. At this point, you have to look at someone like Trump and look at his personality and what he has shown us over time. What he has shown us is he doesn't care. He doesn't care about America and Americans. He has always been in this for himself. So on his way out, he's going to wreak havoc. As much havoc as he can, he's going to wreak wreak it. He's going to sign executive orders to the kazoo. He has already fired the head of the nuclear stockpile. I know everybody needs to understand that. If he has fired the director of the agency that oversees the nuclear stockpile, that means he has appointed some idiot in there whom he can tell them to do what he wants. But I have news for Donald Trump. He's answering now to God. God has removed him from power because he does not represent the interests of the people. And Donald Trump is not the only one who is going to be removed from power. A lot of you preachers who stood behind this man and voted for him and encouraged others to vote for him in the face of the fact that this man is a vile individual. He has nothing Christian-like about him. He has not repented. He has had three wives with multiple children. He has had more women coming out of the kazoo, 19 women and counting, claiming to be have sexually assaulted them. And you still gather behind a man who obviously has no moral character, has no spiritual character, that is not interested in anything remotely, makes fun of preachers behind their backs, makes fun of preachers and laugh about praying. And you support this man. Think about that. So this has become very problematic. So my thing is, let there be peace. And I want to read this scripture to you because I think it's important that we understand where we are 
and where we are going to be. The next 70 days are going to be fortuitous because we are sitting on a powder keg. There is a man who has his fingers on the nuclear codes and who has his fingers on the stockpile. Now, he's not going to sell it to Canada or to England. He's going to sell it to our worst enemies. He's going to try to find a way to sell our nuclear armory to our worst enemies to make money for himself because he now recognizes when he woke up this morning, he doesn't have a claim to stand on. His lawyers have told him there is nothing for you to dispute. The elections were executed in the right manner according to the law. If you go to court, there's nothing you're going to get out of it. When he realizes that and assimilates that, and when he has internalized that truth, he's going to be one of the most dangerous individuals on the planet. And we've got to be careful. Now, he has supporters. And people have often asked me, well, what's the dynamic behind Donald Trump's support? You want to know what it is? The truth? Donald Trump emboldens them. Donald Trump makes them feel that it is okay. In other words, he's their voice. What they cannot say because they work, because they have businesses, because they have lives in the community and it's not good to come out and just say you're a flat out racist. Donald Trump says it. So of course he's their hero because he's brave enough to braggadociously come into the public space and say everything. That is not creating peace. And I, I, my question is, why do evangelical preachers, why do preachers support a man who disrupts the peace? He's not disrupting the peace because people are disenfranchised. He's not marching because people are disempowered. He's not marching because people are suffering. No, he represents the privileged section of the population. So why do you Christian evangelicals support a man who consistently tears down the country, who consistently tears down the peace, who does not represent the interest of the disenfranchised? Isn't that what Jesus said? Did Jesus not say, uh, have mercy on the poor? Did Jesus not say, the poor will be with us always? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Stretch your hand out and give to others. How do you support a man who is the very image of being privileged and elitist, who consistently and continually denies the power thereof and denies kindness? At the very root of it, as Christians, we're supposed to be kind. But you preachers support a man who is not kind, who does not support being kind, who lies through his teeth on a regular basis. The Washington Post published an article recently in which they have cataloged over 300,000 lies. How can you lie over 300,000 times? You have no character, but Christian evangelicals continue to support. Then I say unto you that God is going to take your power away. Every one of you, your churches are going to be empty. Your sanctuaries are going to be empty. Your altars are going to be empty. And God is God. And beside him, there is no other whether you like it or not. Since that is what it comes down to, he gave you free will. He gave you the power. He gave you a platform. He said, now go preach the word of God. Tell the people how I love them. Tell the people what my judgments are. Tell the people how much I love them. I've given them free will, but we need to be kind to one another. You support a man who wants to take away everybody's rights. We have to respect people and accept people as they are. If we're going to accept people as they are, we have to recognize that God and accept that God created everybody. And if God created everybody, what business I have with you telling you how you should be? 
I can't tell you how you should be. That's between you and God. God gave you free will in the same breath that he gave me free will. So I can't tell you how to be, that you shouldn't be a man, you shouldn't be a woman, that you shouldn't walk around and you shouldn't do. No, I can offer it as a guideline. But at the end of it all, what does Jesus say? Love one another. Instead, you support a man who does not believe in peace. He wants to start wars. He started so many trade wars that now America's farmers are bankrupt. Yeah, you bail them out, but they still lost their farms because the bank still came out foreclosed on their property that they've had for generations. And he convinced you that the reason that that happened are because of people like me. Immigrants are taking away your jobs. People of color are taking away your jobs. And you know it's not true because you control who gets hired. So if your parents and your white friends control who gets hired, you already know you're not going to hire people like me. You see how this man set it up so that there is no peace? And he's backed up by people like Mitch McConnell. As racist as they come. And you say Mitch McConnell isn't racist because his wife is Chinese. Mitch McConnell is as racist as they come. He is intent on destroying America so he can have power because they do not like people of color. Mitch McConnell said his goal was to make Barack Obama a one-term president. If his goal was to make Barack Obama, who in that context is a black man, a person of color, why are we going to believe that Mitch McConnell likes us? They went on a summer hiatus without passing a second stimulus package, even though people were about to lose their homes. 30 million people are homeless and jobless. And Donald Trump is riding around in SUVs in Washington, flying on Air Force One as if he owns this. As if this is his birthright. As if he's supposed to be president forever. Totally ignorant of the established protocols that has legitimized him in America. He believes that he should do what he wants. And the people said, no way. And now, when the people voted for him, he accepted the will of the people. Now the people have voted him out. You have a problem with the will of the people. Let there be peace. And all you Christian evangelicals who are on Facebook, you're all in church this morning, saying, praying all kinds of prayers. None of them going to work. You're praying against the will of God. The will of God is not for us to be disrupted. It's not for us to have peace. The will of God is for all people. You're all about to suddenly find out that God does not sanction all the foolishness you white power enthusiasts have been doing for centuries. And you don't like it, so you're all going to turn against God now. Because God is not answering your prayers. He's not answering your prayers for white supremacy to continue. He did give you a free reign, though, I must admit. Much to the chagrin of the rest of us, much to our dismay, God gave you free reign and you used it and abused it for over five to six hundred years. You robbed and pillaged the entire world, riding through the earth as if you owned the earth, robbing people, killing people, millions and millions and millions of people in different lands. You took all their wealth in the name of God and God sat back and allowed it. So we all have issues with God. I'm going to be honest. Like, how you gave them rain? Well, I have to assume that in the same way that he gave you rain for 500 years, he's about to give us the power and give us the rain where we can at least have some decency to rule over people's lives. 
I read recently where this Trump administration returned some people to Cameroon and the Congo. They were refugees, political refugees, seeking refugees status in America and political asylum because the regime had killed all their family members. And in order for them to become and uh, to come to America, they had to what? Go tell on those people. Their lives are at stake. You know what the Trump administration did? While we were sleeping and caught up in elections, they took the people back. They had them in a jail, in a detention center in Mississippi. They beat them, forced them to use their thumbprints on documents that they took to immigration judges to say that they agreed to being deported. Then they were put on a plane that flew from Austin, flew to Austin, Texas. Then from Austin, Texas, they flew, flew them back to Cameroon and to the Congo, dropped them off at the airport. And that's it. Nobody has heard from them since. That's the Trump administration. Inhumane as it can be. Hating people. Hurting people. Why are they so vile and wicked? There's a man in the White House named Stephen Miller. I don't know what's going to happen to him when this is all over. He is the architect of the most vile immigration policies. I don't know what's going to happen to him, so help us God. I don't know what he's go- I don't know what he's going to do in the next 78 days, but all I can ask is that the will of God and that the protection of God prevail on everyone who is an immigrant right now. Because that man is as wicked and as vile as they come. He's the architect. He and Jeff Sessions are the architects of people, of children being separated from their parents. And Kirsten Nielsen, don't get the white woman out of it. She was in the room. She did not stand up for it. She agreed to it. It's her signature on the document. If you didn't believe in it, Miss Nielsen, you should have just walked away and said, okay, what are you going to do? Shoot me too? That's what I would have done. Sometimes you have to call it like it is. Sometimes you have to stand for something. If there are 545 children that we know of, what it tells me is that there are more. All those women whose wombs were removed in a detention center in in Georgia, all those women, all the people who were flown to detention centers in Florida, and who are about to be dropped off and deported back to South America. They have even deported people back to Central America who don't belong in that country. They have no relatives to call. It's a nightmare. Why? Why? Just why? Because those people don't have peace in their hearts. They think it's wicked and cruel, and it's cool to be wicked and cruel. If there is no peace in your heart, guess what? You will not have peace with people around you. I was married to a bully. Maybe that's why I am the way I am. I'm not afraid of bullies. I was married to a bully. He had no peace in his heart. There was nothing in his mind that he could arrive at a peaceful conclusion. He was always, always, even if he was so, he was was bipolar, schizophrenic, I swear. And I, I, after a while, I recognized that this man does not like peace. This is why maybe I am the way I am today, because I learned to live with a bully. So bullies don't scare me. And I looked at him and recognized that if he cannot have peace in his mind, of course, the environment that he lives in is not going to be peaceable. It's not going to be peaceful. 
I have come to believe that the people who are in this administration are, don't have peace in their hearts. And if they don't have peace in their hearts, then naturally, there's not going to be peace around them. So now they're inciting violence by telling people lies that the election did not happen, that people voted after the election. Now in Michigan, they're subpoenaing because they want their election records. Why do you want to know people's social security numbers and people's data? I don't think they should give them that. Why do you want to know that? I don't think so. I don't know what you're going to do with it. Why do you want to see it? I don't think so. The elections are over and done. Get over it and get on with it. You are sowing seeds because let me tell you something that I've learned in living in life as long as I have. What goes around comes around. Just like you are sowing seeds of discontent, there will come a time again when the Republicans might win an election, might win, right? If not most of us have anything to do with it, we'll never give them power again. But if there comes a time when it is your turn and you win an election and you are sowing seeds of discontent, this whole situation is going to turn over on your heads. You're going to go down in history as the most contentious group of people because of white supremacy. Not because you believe in anything except the construct you operate in is that white people must retain power at every expense. That's what it comes down to. You don't like the fact that this white man named Joe Biden chose a black woman as his running mate. That means that black women got to the White House and a black man got to the White House before white women did. You're mad. You think that it should only be the only people who should run the country as president and vice president are white. Well, we gave you a chance. Vice President Mike Pence never one day spoke against the wickedness of Donald Trump. And he claims to be a a Christian. He claims to be a Christian who stands up in holy spaces and holds his hand up. But he has never one day spoke against the wickedness of the immigration policies. Yes, because those are God's people. The people who are trying to come to this nation are God's people too. God's people are not just white who live in America. God's people are not just white who live in Denmark and who live in other spaces. And by the way, we should pray for Denmark because they're going to, they're about to be hit by a strain of coronavirus that is unbelievable. A mutation of the coronavirus that was transmitted to an animal named the minx that has now been retransmitted back to humans. That's going to be devastating. Pray for Denmark. They're in dire straits right now. And because of who we have in the White House, we can't even pay attention to it. In other words, we are focusing on controlling ourselves and keeping ourselves from exploding into anarchy that we can't even see what's going on with our brothers and sisters around the world. There's so much violence taking place in the world because America took our eyes off. Stop looking at other people because of what this man who is just self-destructing and who just wants attention focused on him. Part of his problem is because the media is not giving him attention. They say he spends more time in the White House watching TV. That's why he acts out and does crazy stuff and just goes crazy, crazy, crazy just so he can get attention. Because for him, he's just like a reality TV star. Have you ever seen those? The the real, uh, what are they? The real housewives of 
every damn city and town in America. They flip tables, they act out, they claim they have multiple men, having sex with multiple partners all at the same time, having multiple babies, anything just to get attention. They have the most extreme forms of body reconstruction. Nothing wrong with reconstructing your body because frankly, I'm telling you the truth. I'm getting to an age and stage in life where I probably will have to lift my eyes, lift my boobs and lift everything else. Come on now. But it doesn't mean that it has to be so extreme. You have to be in the news all the time because that's what drives ratings. That's what we had under Donald Trump. Driving ratings when you are the president, you kind of don't need ratings. My my, my youngest daughter said uh, yesterday that in former times under other presidents, you don't even know there is a president. They stay out of the news. They're kind of just quietly running the country and you are going about your lives And you don't even realize that there's a man in the world. You know, you just take it for granted that he's there. Under this guy, it was his mission to make sure you never forget that he is the man in the White House. That he is in charge. He wasn't in charge of Jack. If he were in charge, he, let me not start. Let there be peace. I just want this nightmare to end so I can get some sleep. And I will stop having headaches thinking about all the things that could go wrong. Maybe because I lived in a third world country, I don't want to ever wake up and find that I don't live in a country where peace reigns, where there is liberty and justice for all. I feared that under this administration, that we would wake up one day and we wouldn't have any rights. They would subrogate our rights. They would suspend our rights and that they would do it under the guise of doing what they think is right for us. Let there be peace. So I'm, spe- I'm appealing to Republicans. Many of you support me. Many of you watch this part broadcast and some of you listen to this. I am appealing to you to stop the rhetoric for the good of the country. Accept the votes. We accepted it in 2016. We didn't believe it because Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. And the media and the electoral processes and the electoral college gave Donald Trump the presidency. So he's the illegal president. But Joe Biden is asking us to back off, tone the rhetoric down, tone the temperature down and get back to the business of just being American. That's what we are supposed to be in the first place. We're not supposed to be red and blue. We're supposed to be American in the first place. We have a problem on our hands. We have a coronavirus that looks like it's going to take out more of us by the end of the year. Are you not worried about that? Are you so worried and intent on keeping power that you have forgotten what it's really like? Have you forgotten what this is about? You're running around being irresponsible about wearing a mask. The rest of the world is wearing a mask, but you have made it a matter of political statement to not wear a mask. You have dis- you believe in disenfranchising people. Because you're hanging on to white power. Even you, I don't know how you can claim to be a black Republican because Herman Cain died from the coronavirus. Does that not bother you? Does that not bother you when the president continues to implement policies that are against black Americans? Does that not bother you at all? You focus on the criminal reforms that uh, Republicans, black Republicans like to say Trump did. He just finished a policy that Obama started, that Mitch McConnell blocked. Mitch McConnell blocked it so that when a Republican president came in, the Republican president could claim victory. Can you be so as can you be so blind? 
and not see what this is? Can you be so blind and not look at the coronavirus right now and see that that is the present and clear and imminent danger? And instead you are focused on a rhetoric of a man who is going to disappear into the wealth, the layers of wealth that he has surrounding him. You can never get to his position. You will not get to him. That is why he he is the way he is. Because he has always lived a life of wealth and privilege. He believe, He is the extreme. Yes, because the Bushes had wealth, but they had a consciousness that was defined by years of public service and being sensitive to what looks good in the public's eye. They were defined by that. They allowed themselves to be defined by that. This guy... He doesn't care about that. And he thinks he doesn't have to because he's wealthy. When the presidency is over, he's still going to go back to flying in private jets. He's still going to go back to living in his mansions. He's still going to get loans from Deutsche Bank. Money laundered or not, they're still going to give him money. Do you see what I'm saying? Hey, how you doing? Right? So they're still going to give him the money. And what are you guys doing? You are fighting for what? You're disrupting your communities. You're disrupting the peace so we all won't feel safe, including you in a few. And you're under the mistaken impression that you're going to go back to your suburban communities. Can I just help you? America's suburbs have changed. This rhetoric that you see on TV about suburban women, I'm like, who are they talking to? Suburban life in America is no longer white. Just look next door. There are people like me. There are people like you. They're Indians, Pakistanis, Chinese, Chaldeans, Koreans, Japanese, and every other ethnic group. Latinos don't even start talking. There's every other ethnic group in America's suburbs. So when they talk about suburbs, I'm asking you, what do you think? Just look down your block. Just count. In your cul-de-sac, there are 10 houses. How many, or five or six, depending on how wide the cul-de-sac is, How many of those are really white? Think about it. That's what you're looking at the face of America right there. So it's changed. So what are you fighting for again? White supremacy, that that conversation is over. And guess what? It is the will of God. You don't want to accept it. So you send your acolyte, Paula White, to come out and pray. Paula Paula is living at the mercy of God right now. Because when she started, she had an earnest desire to preach the unadulterated word of God and to show people that God saves and delivers. That's what's keeping her now. Because she's gone from that. She's been polluted by large contributions from people like Donald Trump. That's what it is. Her currency is that she's white. So she uses the currency of goodwill from God, but that goodwill has long expired. She's living at his mercy right now. One day he will call up her number and he will say, come and account for the things you have done in my name that I didn't sanction, that I didn't approve, that you know were wrong, but you still did them, but you still go and tell people that it was right to do. See, that's the problem. Most preachers don't get that or they don't want to come face to face with that. It's one thing for me to say, this is my opinion and pass it on, right? But it's another thing for me to know that it is wrong between me and God 
I know it is wrong and I come and tell you to do it anyway, that God will approve it. That's the difference. This is where the peace in your heart comes from. And so you have people like Paula White who are acolytes, who they come out and they're just an extension of white supremacy. When Paula first started, she was not an extension of white supremacy. She'd tell you she's straight up trailer park trash, that she's straight up, that they abused her. And then she came out and then she became rich because white people promote white people. They thought it was charming, this little trailer park girl, you know, and she just came up. And now here she is hanging out there, now legitimized by white supremacy. This is why a lot of people have walked away from the church because now we are all seeing that the church encouraged racism. The church was an active participant in slavery and the enslavement of people of color, not just in America, but throughout the world. And that the church continues to manipulate the facts and opinions of the Bible and spread it as if God is pure white and God is only interested in you if you're white and God is only going to defend you if you're white. And the only way God is going to have mercy on you is if I, the white person, tell God to pray for you. That's how they present it. When you read the Bible, you have to ask yourself, if you ever have time, start reading the Bible. I suggest you start reading in the book of John, then go to the book of Romans, and then let the word that God that drive you after that. And I tell you, when you read the Bible, you're going to be like, but this is different from what is happening. This is different from what they preach. Yes. Welcome to my world. Somebody is saying something. These mega churches, how do we have poverty? <laughs> Five million dollar jets. Because in the name of God, they preach white supremacy. God is white. So, of course, you have to understand that the black mega churches participated in that very same mentality. They saw something going good and they didn't see any need to change it. So they align themselves with the same philosophy. Mercy only comes from a white God. So praying to a white God is going to help you. So they continue to see. So the black mega churches were an extension of white supremacy. It is simple. They preached the message that aligned with the message of white supremacy, that God is white. And if you pray to a white God, then that white God is going to save you. They never preached it within the context like somebody like Martin Luther King Jr. preached it, which is justice and liberty. And that's what it says. You never hear black preachers talk about Jesus saying to set the captive free. You never hear them talk about love one another. You don't hear them talk about stuff like that. They continue to preach the same message. I repeat the same messages that white preachers preach, which is an extension of white supremacy. There was a man in Atlanta whom I admired for years. My children will tell you every Saturday night, especially when I was on staff at a local church. And I was, I wasn't paid. I was volunteer, but I was a minister, right? Because that's how they run businesses. That's how churches get ahead. They use unpaid labor. So they're again, part of white supremacy that uses unpaid labor to gain an economic advantage. And this, uh, I, every Sunday night, Saturday night, I would watch Dr. Charles Stanley. He's in Atlanta. I loved how he presented the gospel. He presented God as forgiving, no matter how you feel, 
no matter what was going on in your mind or how you feel, how you translated around you. You never preached it from the position of white supremacy and being white is superior and God is this existential, unreachable God and you can only reach him because you're... He never preached it like that. And he didn't preach it from the ideology of or the ideologue that I'm preaching this to make money. So give me money. No. But when Barack Obama became president, he said Barack Obama was the Antichrist. He was an older white man from the South. So I guess he saw this as what it is. I stopped watching Dr. Stanley. I haven't watched him since. <sighs> I think message was good. Creflo Dollar then changed, right? Do you see what I'm saying? I, I just I just couldn't go there after that because it became now racist and anti-God. Barack Obama is a child of God. God created him. And the people who made Barack Obama were children of God. We all are children of God. I don't care where you come from in the earth. God created human beings on the earth. The way that the Bible is presented and the message of God is presented, it's presented as if God only created and made white people. And I have some serious issues with that, to be honest with you, because that suggests that is racism and white supremacy. And this is why the whole kettle has come apart and the very foundings of it has come apart. Don't you see that even now, the Catholic Church was uh, preached against homosexuality, preached against it to the extent where they're perceived as being homophobic. At the same time that priests were having sex with children in the church, now the Catholic Church just suddenly comes out and says, you know what, we should recognize civil union marriages. They're trying to stay relevant. They're trying to become inclusive so that people of all faiths, people who have different leanings will come in. But that was the design from the beginning. This is not new. That had always been the design. That has always been what this was about. I entreat you to start reading the book of John. Uh, This morning I I went to the scripture that came up to me, came up in my mind was John 14, 27. Let there be peace on earth. Let there be peace on earth. How can we have peace if we ourselves are not peace? If we're not at peace with the fact that people come from different parts of the world, that people look different. If we're not at peace with the fact that people have different sexual orientations, then how are we going to be at peace? And I encourage you, uh, I encourage you to to uh, to to re- examine your heart and examine yourself. I have been put through the ringer and had to examine myself. I had to look at how do I feel and what makes me think the way I do about human sexuality. And I came to the position that that's how I've been socialized. Let me go back to the scriptures to find what God said about it. And when I found what Paul wrote about it, that it is an abomination to the Lord. But if you continue reading the rest of the text, God grants grace and mercy. And I said to myself, so who am I standing in the way of grace and mercy? Who am I to look at somebody else and condemn them to eternal death? Who am I to condemn anybody when I myself am in need of grace and mercy? Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, you have a question. Kamala. Okay, what's your question about her? What's the question about her? But do you see what I mean? It is interesting to see. And this, I feel, was always the plan. See, when the founding fathers started, maybe they didn't think America would have evolved to this 
uh, this melting pot that we are, that probably was not their goal or their plan. But it is what it is, right? We have come to that point where we must. I don't know how someone could say Kamala is not black. How is how is she not black? Her father is from Jamaica. I am from Jamaica. How? That's crazy. <laughs> and it's not like I'm sending you to her Wikipedia page. I'm just saying examine the facts. Again, this is what we're talking about. Yeah, we're so caught up in what people look like frontally that we 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 forget what is in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? We forget this is this is what <laughs> this is what this is all about. <laughs> it, it's white supremacy. White supremacy that is saying because you got to understand how white supremacy works. They set the system up so that Americans, American blacks born in America would not succeed and intimidate black Americans to believe that they could never achieve the position of the White House, right? Okay. And they reinforce that ideology over time by disenfranchising black people in America all the time, making sure that they continually intimidate them that I am white, I have the power. It's messaging that matters, right? Okay. So, of course, Kamala and people like her don't believe and buy into that ideology. So they continue to go as far as they want to go. They just keep toiling and pushing against all the barriers that exist. What do you think white people are going to say? What do you think their messaging is going to be? It has to be that she's not black. Why? Because if you are black, you can't do that. That's white people. That's where that comes from. It's the messaging. It's pure and simple. It's again, part of their white supremacy ideology, their foundational philosophy that you must divide and conquer in order to control people. I I tell you the honest truth. I studied this in history. I never thought that I would live to see divide and conquer as a philosophy operating in my lifetime. I saw it under Donald Trump. He divided this country. There's no peace in his heart because he's never satisfied. He's never satisfied with all that he has acquired. He can ride in jets. He can live in any hotel that he owns in any part of the world. Things that normal people ascribe to and aspire to having, he has no peace in his heart. There's no peace in his heart whatsoever. They even gave him the power of the presidency of America so he could do whatever he wanted. And he still has no peace in his heart. So naturally, someone like him, how is he going to have peace around us? So he looks around and he says, you know, the only way I can keep power is to divide everybody. If I can constantly say there's no systemic racism, if I constantly bring up black against white, if I constantly disenfranchise even the black people around me, then what I have done is divided them. And if I've divided them, I keep them from uniting. They'll never unite and vote me out. That was Donald Trump's philosophy. And he almost won. Right? Don't don't have don't argue with other black men on that because they're part of they're a symptom of what the messaging from the society is. And they have to come to terms with the fact that the reason you hate other black people is because you've been socialized to hate other people of color. I experience that the same every day. Deriled and, and hated by people who look like me just because we have been socialized to believe that you should not support 
or, or, or help someone who looks like you. It's all part of white supremacy. And we are forgetting how systemic white supremacy is. White supremacy is why they did not call the election from Tuesday night. They did it for Donald Trump. But when the voting came in, because the networks have access to the secretaries of state in every state that controls elections, when the networks saw that all the votes that Joe Biden was receiving were likely to propel him to the presidency and that those votes came from large pockets of the electorate that are people of color, they knew that for a fact. They have, the, they have it down to a zip code. They can type in zip code and they can see how many people in that are registered Democrats, how many people were received mail-in ballots because the barcodes on the mail-in ballots tell them they can scan everyone and saw all the barcodes and how, how they were received. They can tell when the post office delivered them. That's why they didn't call the election, because it was another form of voter suppression to disenfranchise people of color, because that's who voted the new president in. In 2016, black people did not vote for Donald Trump. They didn't vote because they didn't like Hillary, because Hillary needs to go sit down. She wanted to be the first white girl in the presidency. No, baby girl, you did call black men super predators. You need to sit down. Go sit down. You did say that and you never redeemed yourself go away right so Hillary was not going to win and people got mad she was not going to win because of you can't you can't <laughs> that was and that wasn't so long ago that was less than 30 years ago in 1994 so of course people in in living memory remember that when black people vote this is why the voting rights act 55 years ago is so very important we have to enshrine the Voting Rights Act into, into the Constitution. That's what legit, legitimizes black voters. We have got to have a balance of power that favors the rest of the electorate. We can't just have the balance of power in the hands of a few. There will never be any peace. We can't have people who are demagogues, who continue to think that if they separate us, that they will win. We've got to come back to center. I've been saying this for years. We've got to come back to center, come back to what we are supposed to be as a nation, who we are. Come back to center. Come right back to center, who we are. We're forgiving. We're gracious. We're thankful to God for blessing our country that we can feed ourselves. We can provide enough energy to power all of America. We can feed ourselves. We don't have to import food from anywhere. We are climate is diverse. We can do it. We need to preserve that. We need to preserve our climate for generations to come so we can continue to feed ourselves and continue to provide ourselves and make the systems of government and the systems that control our systems of education and healthcare, make those equitable for all. People should have equal access to education and healthcare. People should not die from cancers in America. We're an advanced nation. We have the cure. Joe Biden is 77 and he looks 47 for a white man. That's a big deal. You could say he looks like he's a 57-year-old white man, but Joe Biden is 77 and looks great. Why? Because he has had access to the best health care for years. Hello, somebody. The president had coronavirus and the president is still alive at 74 when a normal person who has this coronavirus dies 
because we has access to what the best healthcare he is propped up they probably took the blood out of him and replaced it with somebody else's blood so that his systems can work because he's the president you know that right they keep blood samples on the planes when he flies to keep him alive you do know that so don't tell me that we can't do this for all of us we need to wake up america we need to come back to center let there be peace on earth for all of you who are fighting you're fighting a losing battle you're fighting against one another why are we fighting against one another if they were to come and invade us you're going to go with the invading army and say oh they're black so i don't know them is that what that's going to be or are you going to say hold up you can't come into my country and take over my country this is for americans there was a man named george bush he was republican and i kid you not after 9/11 he rallied the country together he brought us all together to focus on one thing the red white and blue and we stood behind that and we rebuilt our country better than it was before this is our moment in time the coronavirus has killed 230,000 of us those are friends and neighbors they're somebody's bestie <laughs> they're somebody's most important person in the world that was someone's whole world who died from the coronavirus we can't let that happen we got to come back to center. Thanks so much everybody. Thank you so much for all your comments this morning. Be blessed everybody.